655, that's a good number. Just take a five off and we got it. 65 is the perfect number. Just want you to know that. <laughs> Way to go, Roger, good. <laughs> now then, let's see, I was gonna ask you something, Josh. Will the PowerPoint be on the, 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 on the computer later? So they can actually go in and hear this sermon a second time <laughs> and actually get to see the PowerPoint that was worked on this week. Oh, what a deal. You never know what technology is going to do, do you? That's, uh, that's what you'll run into along the way. And uh, some of you are wondering what in the world is going on. We had, I guess, a close lightning strike on Friday, and we noticed the Internet went down on Friday. I know Max was here. And uh, I thought, oh, it'll come back on in a little while. Well, it didn't do it. And Josh called me a while ago, and he said, Dad, you need to bring your, your PowerPoint on a flash drive. I said, do you want me to bring it on a flash drive? He said, yeah, that'll work and everything. And then we get here and find out the projectors also kind of gone wonky from it. That just Those things happen. I don't like them. That's when I begin to think, can things get any worse than they are? Yeah, they can. I'm glad you're here today. It is a good day. I bet we can manage without those things. We've done it for generations in the same way. One of these days, you get to take off the mask. We'll be able to hear her singing a little bit better than we do, but you do fine as it is. I've made fun of those things, but it is, it is a good day, and it is Father's Day. I'd gone upstairs a while ago. Let me tell you this. I'd gone upstairs a little while ago, my phone was laying on the table, and if the phone rings on Sunday morning, probably eight times out of ten, it's one of the elders calling me. The other 20% of the time, it's one of the kids calling me. And on, I was upstairs, and I heard the phone ring. Paula's got her hands in some of the food, so she can't answer my phone. She said, that one's for you, Russ, so I'm running down the stairs thinking, okay, it's one of my children it's one of my children wanting to call me and say, Happy Father's Day, Dad. It wasn't. <laughs> I want you to know not one of them has contacted me yet to say, Happy Father's Day, Dad. <laughs> oh, there, we got a lot going on ahead of us today, and that's good. Actually, it wasn't one of the elders, even. It was my sweet little sister. Can you call your sister little if she's 60 years old? Yeah, she's smaller than me, so she's a little sister and all wishing me a happy Father's Day, so I appreciate that. But when the phone rings on Sunday morning, you always think, bad news. Well, it rang again later, and it wasn't the best of news, so that just, we'll manage, won't we? We did it without, I want you to think about something, and, and it is Father's Day, and this kind of goes along with that. If it was on the screen, you could read it there this morning, but we're in Psalm 27. Psalm 27, the first three verses of Psalm 27. Uh, I was trying to think, what am I going to do with what am I going to do this coming Sunday as I was thinking about Father's Day? And this passage came up on something I was reading. And I thought, boy, that is a great passage. A great passage for, for a lot of things, but a great passage, I think, to use on Father's Day. So Psalm 27, verses 1 through 3, and the title of the lesson is this, The Lord is the strength of my life. What a great thought. And so David writes, David writes, beginning in verse 1, Psalm 27, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though one army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise up against me. In this I will be confident. Boy, that's a great passage. And a great passage of trust. And it's all about God and his relationship to us in that regard. Maybe kind of tied into to this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, Paul calls God the Father of mercies, God of all comfort. With those two thoughts in mind, I kept thinking about how important fathers are in our lives. There is something about a father. Imagine the picture on the screen right now of a father embracing his child. It's not on there. I'm sorry. You don't have to look up there. A father embracing his child, and you remember how important that is to you. And, and the relationship changes over the years, but that, that relationship to a father, if you're fortunate, is one that is so very special because you think about a father in his family, he represents strength, he represents comfort, he represents security that they need in any time. For in just about any home, especially, especially when some sort of trouble arises in, in any home, we tend to look, we tend to look to the father the father of the family, to lead the way, to take care of the problem, to solve the issues, whatever they may be. And you know what? You can go to genetics and all of that kind of thing and things that work on us in all of that, being male and female in all of that. That's exactly what fathers were designed to be able to do. They're supposed to do that. Sometimes we, we kind of rebuff at it. Well, why is everybody looking to me to take care of this problem? Well, that's what we're supposed to do, and that's good. That's good. Because that father relationship makes us something. It makes us be something. It helps us be something. It changes our lives. Think about Moses, if you will. If you want that relationship to God and God the Father, think about Moses for a moment. Who would Moses have been if not for God's injection into his life? If God had not gotten into the life of Moses the way that he did what would we know about Moses? Well, maybe, maybe his parents when he was born, maybe his mo they would have protected him. Maybe his mother would have put him out in the water in that basket. Maybe Pharaoh's daughter would have found her, pulled him out, taken her, him home with her to be his child. Maybe all of those things would have happened. Maybe he would have gone and visited his his own tribal people. Maybe he would have gone to visit the Israelites and see about them. Maybe he would have, have killed an Egyptian. Maybe he would have had to run away under a death threat, run away into the wilderness and found the home that became his home for the next 40 years. Maybe he would have found that home. Maybe he would have become a shepherd. Maybe he would have even worked near Mount Sinai. Maybe all of those things would have happened. But if God had not injected himself into Moses' life, he hadn't gone to that place and seen the sight of that burning bush, if God had not injected himself into the life of Moses, Moses never would have gone back to Egypt, I think. He never would have led the Israelites out. He never would have done so many things he did. He never would have been the leader of those people for 40 years. He never would have imparted that law to them. 
if not for God's injection into his life, if God were not his father, those things would not have been in his life. Could he have had a, a good life? Sure. Sure, he could have had a good life as a shepherd with his family, working for his father-in-law. He could have had all those things. But without God as his father, he would not have been the man that he was. That's how important that relationship is. There is a father in God. And we all have need of a father. We all have needs of fathers. We may not always see that need fulfilled in every way. And not all guys that are biological fathers are truly fathers in the truest sense of the word. Some are lousy. Some who stay with homes are lousy fathers. Their own selfish interests are far more important than their children. Some just get up and leave and don't want to have any part of it. But if children grow up in a home without a real father, who are they going to look to? Who's going to be their father in life? Yes, there is a father in heaven, and he, was, he will always be a strength to his children. We need to point in that direction, of course. But it just amplifies the idea we need, we need a father, and we need that father in heaven as he will always, as David describes him, be the, be the light and the salvation, the strength of our lives if we allow him. And we think about that relationship. We notice we need a father. The song says, when you're down and troubled and you need a helping hand. You can think of maybe times that father did step in when you really needed that help in so many ways I got a lot of stories I could tell but we won't go into all of those you've got your own but notice what David says in Psalm 121 in verse 2 my help he said under the hills will I look up where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord I might add that idea under the hills well, I look up, it's not just looking at mountains. It was to the high places where God is recognized and reverenced. That's what he was talking about. My help comes from the Lord. You see, we generally learn very quickly where we can go for help. We learn where we can find the help, where help will be found. Children learn to count on their parents very early in life. They cry out, somebody takes care of them. Somebody gets up in the night, changes the diapers, feeds a baby, whatever it might be. Some dads are lousy and don't ever help with those kind of things, you sorry dogs. But many are. They're there and they're a part of that. And they're caring for the children. And whether it's the changing of the diapers or seeing about other needs in life, those dads, those fathers are often available and they are there and we learn when we can count on them we learn the meaning of what it is to have a father we learn the meanings of who we can count on and when we can count on them as we get older we learn it from other people as well we learn how people are disappointing sometimes we also learn how people are faithful so many times we can call on them, we can lean on them and the friendships that we have and those that we really count as friends and as we're reminded, there's a friend who is even closer than a brother sometimes. 
you see, we learn the meaning of friendship. We learn the meaning of confidence. For that's exactly what it is. We generally know we can depend on our fathers, and it is that image, that image of the one we can count on, that father we can count on, that, is pervade, that pervades the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and how he counts on the father. And if you think about that, if you think about that, remember the second psalm. You are my son. This day have I begotten you. And the writer of Hebrews draws on that old psalm in chapter 1 and verse 5 and reminds us there is no other like it. Who else have I said that to? It is a valid, valuable, strong, unique relationship that a father has with his own children. But sometimes that relationship is is not what a child might expect it to be. Sometimes a, a father doesn't do what the child thinks. You know, so, well, Dad, I want you to do what I want you to do, when I want you to do it, how I want you to do it, for me! But sometimes a father means going in a little different direction, doesn't it? In one of his early books, Max Lucado tells the story of being away from home. I believe he was selling books for the summer. And it wasn't going well, and he didn't like what was going on, and he, wanted, he was far from home, and he wanted to go home. He wanted to see that beautiful West Texas countryside. Anyway, he was homesick. <laughs> if you've been there, you, you wonder why anybody would want to go there. <laughs> but he wanted to go home, and he called, and he talked to his mother, and his mother was sympathetic, and then his dad got on the phone, and he said, Son, I'm sorry we've broken your plate. He said that was his father's way of saying, no, son, you're going to stay and you're going to stick it out. He wanted his father to say, come home, come home. But he said, no, you stick it out. Sometimes a father has to be the one that says, here's what we do and here's what's best for you in this case. Help from the Lord is always not in the way we think it will be, but it is always for our betterment. As David says, he is my light and my salvation. Even when he doesn't appear to be present, the power of a father's help and his strengths are embedded in a son or a daughter. How many times as those of us who have gotten older have thought, what would dad say? What would dad do? And the question embeds itself in the heart and the mind of the Christian to say, what would God say? Or what would God do in this case? For the Father loves us, and He says what's needed. He does what is needed. Sometimes in silence, He is still doing what's needed. Sometimes it's making us take on our own role and think for ourselves, to act for ourselves. Conditioning us, teaching us, preparing us, and then you take your steps. You see, it may be the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs. Two strikes might be on you. And the pitcher is throwing one low and inside, and you always have trouble hitting the ones that are low and a little bit inside. But your father has had you in the backyard and in playgrounds, and he's thrown you countless balls, and you played catch, and you've, you've fielded so many balls, and he's pitched to you countless times, and you've swung, and you hit, and you've swung, and you've hit, and he's played with you countless times, and he's coached you, and he's told you, swing this way, do this way. Act this way again, but now you stand at the plate and the ball is coming in and you swing and you miss. And the game is over. 
at the bottom of the ninth with three outs, you lost. But the Father is there. And the Father is there with comfort, encouragement, and the opportunity of another day. God is the giver of good. Ordinary fathers give good things, Matthew 7, verse 9. Ordinary fathers give good things. How would our Father in heaven not also give us good things? God is the giver of good. As we find, there's no shadow of turning. There's no darkness in him. There is no evil in God. He is not tempted by it, and he doesn't give in to it. God is the giver of good, our Father in heaven. And with that, he is a power or offers us a power to be used. David here describes it it as a power to beat any enemy that might be there. For he says that no enemy could stand against him when God is with him. He's not alone in this trust. I think even the son of Saul, Jonathan, even the son of Saul, Jonathan, had such a great faith in God and God's ability to work through him and through others to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. He makes the statement in 1 Samuel 14 and verse 6, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. He trusted in the power of God. Many others through the ages did. Some had their weaknesses. I think about Samson. Samson had his many flaws, and we read about that Old Testament judge, and he had so many flaws, but he knew, he knew where his strength came from. He knew who provided his strength. And in the 16th chapter of Judges, in verse 28, as he is there in that temple, blinded in his eyes, a laughingstock among the people, he prays to God, give me my strength one more time. He knows where he goes for his strength, and he depends upon his father. And it can be challenging. Sometimes we have to reach a little deeper. As Jesus says, sometimes it takes a little more prayer and fasting. Sometimes it takes a lot more prayer and fasting. As the disciples weren't able to cast out an evil spirit that Jesus was able to cast out, they asked him a little later in Matthew 17, why could, and I want you to emphasize this word, why could we not cast it out? They had their answer even before Jesus spoke because it wasn't about them. Why could we not cast out? Why couldn't it be me that did this? Their focus was in the wrong place. Their focus was on themselves. There's a power to be used, but you have to look to the one who has the power. God the Father. You want to use your Father's power. You want to lean upon your own earthly Father. You have to look outside yourself for those things. Because, my friends, there is within this a character to be applied. Note the fourth verse. If you still have your Bible open, note the fourth verse. We only read the first three, but note the fourth verse. One thing, he says, one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty 
of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. In other words, I want to look to God and his strength all the days of my life. Don't you have great memories? Don't you have great things? Many of you, if you don't, I I wish you did. You know, but there is that opportunity. We look to God and he has that strength, that encouragement. Because I believe we are drawn to things of honor and magnificence. We are drawn to encouragement that comes from them. We are drawn to the the beauty and the wonder of it. We are inspired to be more than we have been when we see it in those who want to impart it to us. When we truly look at God, it draws us upward. It doesn't beat us down. It doesn't take anything from us. It lifts us up and makes us more than we have been. You know the words of the song, they've been sung over and over again. You raise me up to be more than I can be. You see, the character of fathers, real fathers, increases the character of the children. I love that statement. You've heard me use it so many times. Matthew 11, verse 19, wisdom is justified in her children. Fathers are seen in many respects in their children. Somebody says, but great dad has a lousy son. I know, my, just ask my dad. Uh, well, don't, can't ask him now. But in all seriousness, yeah, they're going to make choices, and sometimes great fathers have had lousy children, but generally, generally speaking, we give them something of character, and they hold on to that character in their lives. It's a great thing. So, let's go with it in this. Consider the strength of a father. Consider the strength from the Lord as a father as David is pointing it here. For what does a father do and what strength does he give us? He gives us light when all else seems dark. In other words, he brightens the day. I'm not talking about a cheery disposition here as much as he brings light to what seems otherwise dark optimistic as to what otherwise seemed depressing. You get it? Opportunity where there seemed to be none. Light when all around seems dark. The power that brought Jesus alive from the tomb at the dawn of the day, I think was not by accident, but by God's divine purpose to take place on that occasion that as in Matthew 28 and John 20 record as those women came to that tomb in the dawning of the morning, the stone was rolled away and that body had been enlivened and was out of that tomb. Light went all around. Seems dark. Wasn't that, didn't it, it must have seemed like a long night as they waited through that Sabbath day and through the night. What a long night it must have been. But the morning and the light of the morning brought that beautiful new day and the power that the Father brought to it. And the strength that the Lord as Father brings is salvation in the midst of hopelessness. As Paul would write in In Romans 5, when we were without strength, salvation in the midst of hopelessness, we had no choice, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, he reminds us. 
The wages of sin is death. The book of Romans is replete with the idea and recognition that without God, without the salvation in Christ, we are truly lost. It's not alone in that book in many places. But remember, it is the voice telling us, I've got the power that everything will be all right. Don't we want to hear that Father's voice that says everything will be all right? Don't we we want to trust that Father's voice that says everything will be all right? And this is the victory. This is the power that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith in what? In Him. John knew, didn't he? 1 John 5, verse 4. So consider the strength of the Lord as a Father. It is strength to overcome fear. Where we had fear in our lives, he comes to hold our hand, to stand by us, to be there, to secure us in whatever may cause us fear. He brings a calm conviction of safety, even in trial. David writes in that familiar verse, though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, a place that would bring fear to anyone is what he's saying, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. What? Your rod, your staff are with you. I'm comforted. Strength to overcome any fear in our lives. There's nothing that can truly overcome us when God is with us. And there is victory for every challenge and the strength from the Lord. As I said, even when it seems like loss, even when it's the bottom of the ninth and you strike out, victory for every challenge When all seems lost, we may not be seeing the picture correctly. We may not be seeing the end result. For as Jesus hanged upon that cross, we we see the blood coming out. We see the life ebbing away from him. We hear his breath. And he's dying. But the words are there. How loud they are, I do not know. But his words were there. For his trust was there, Father, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Victory, victory in every challenge, even if it looks like loss to others. So friends, as we contemplate the strength we draw from our fathers, We remember that we have a Father who always stands ready, always ready to be the strength of our lives. You recognize how blessed you are if you've had a good Father. You realize that they're not permanent. They rise and they fall. They're human and they've got flaws. But you think about the good things they give us and what a blessing it is. And I know maybe it's a greeting card day, but the idea of Father's Day, it is truly every day ought to be Father's Day for he is our strength and our salvation, our life. 
We're going to sing this song of encouragement this morning. Perhaps there's someone who needs to obey the gospel right here this morning. The opportunity is here. Things are in readiness. We've had the blessing recently of two wonderful baptisms, and what a blessing it is to be a part of those and share in those in recent days. And if you've considered that need, if you've considered something else in your life, the opportunity is yours. We're going to sing this song. Let it be one of encouragement and invitation. If you need to respond this morning, let us assist you in whatever that need might be. So as we stand and sing, as you need to come, please come. Just stand. There's a fountain.